And here we have Sichasaran Ayin Beis. And I'm particularly excited to learn this teaching with you because it's one of those self-contained teachings that if the whole Sichasaran consisted of this teaching alone, it would already be Dayenu. It could be a one-page safer. It would be enough. It would be worthy already of being printed and studied and learned and celebrated and appreciated because it's life-changing. Even though it's on one specific topic, the topic of distracting thoughts during tefillah, it's about everything, as we're going to see. And appended to this teaching, we're going to be studying, with Hashem's help, amazing teachings from the Balatanya and from the Piyasetz Nareba and Rabbi Nachman and other places as well. All with Hashem's help is Yatar Shmaya, and it's wonderful to be back learning with you after Pesach, and I hope that all of you had the most redemptive Pesach experience with Hashem's help. Okay, let's jump into this Torah together. The Siyata Deshmaya, Sichasran Ayin Beis. Kfar Mavuar, Rabbi Nachman says, we've already spoken about this in different places. It's oftentimes a reference to teachings that are printed in Lekutei Maran, some of which we'll see, one of which we'll see, as is Hashem in the context of this particular shir. That a person who deals with the very common experience of having distracting thoughts, inundating that person, us, me, you, all of us, when we daven three times a day or when we go out to the field or under our covers for hispodidos, for personal prayer, a person that deals with distracting thoughts, confusing thoughts, Rabbi Nachman says straight out the gate, before anything else, Pay them no heed at all. These are going to become very important words, which is why I bolded them. We'll get to that and see those words through the prism of the teaching from the Tanya, which we'll get to next. But a person should literally do what is his or hers. Which, in a simple way, means do what you can. To proceed from one word to the next, from one sentence to the next, from one bracha in Shemana Esrei to the next, from one part of Tefillah to the next. Do not become preoccupied with this experience of confusion and distracting thoughts, strange thoughts, extraneous thoughts. Thoughts that are, as we explain in the, I think the first or second chapter of the story of our lives, that are essentially foreign. Once we understand the essence of the Jewish soul to be rooted in a place of clarity, to be rooted in a place of holiness, so then anything that's not that must be referred to with this word zara, because it's essentially foreign. It's not you, as we're going to see. Raku yasa shalai. But we proceed and do what we can. Don't, certainly don't turn your face back. When we've moved out of this cloud of a distracting cluster of thoughts, not to become preoccupied retroactively to say, Oy, I ruined that Baruch Sha'amar. Or already the Olpsukah de Zimra I ruined, even though right now I'm on Birchus Kriyashama and it's working, we can sometimes turn back and worry about the first parts of tefillah that didn't go as we hoped they would go. Says Rabbi Nachman, that for sure don't do. But even while we're experiencing those distracting thoughts, while we're experiencing them, the Rebbe says, don't fight with them, don't focus on them, just continue davening. Just continue saying the words with however much kavani you can muster and carry on. Rak lasais es shaloi. Do what is yours. Do what you can. Gam Omar. And then Rabbi Nachman also added, that in fact, there's something positive about this oftentimes frustrating experience, which we'll see in Chaim Aran, in a teaching Be'ezus Hashem a little bit later in this year. He says, This could be a very positive thing, a good thing. If you're not on mute, if you can mute, that would be great. This, that, a person deals with distracting, confusing thoughts. How could this be positive? Because without this, if a person would pray a perfect prayer, 
counterintuitive thing. The person would not be able to handle the kitrugim, the accusatory forces in the spiritual realms that seize on a perfect tefillah, jump in its way and prevent it from going where it's supposed to go. That means, crazily enough, that there's something worse off about a perfect tefillah than there is about a tefillah that's surrounded by confusing thoughts and nebulous blemishes. But a thought, a rather a tefillah that is enclosed and garbed within all kinds of distracting thoughts. So all those forces take one look at it and they say, forget it, there's no use. Even expending any effort to prevent this tefillah from going where it needs to go because look how it looks. It's not... It's not worth it. So, They don't focus so much upon it. And the accusation or any kind of, of that's preventing that tefillah from going where it needs to go, it's not so strong. So paradoxically, these distractions are helping our tefillahs to be to rise to the place where they need to rise crazily enough. But at the end of the day, all of us doing what we can, and all of us do what we can, and all of us trying as hard as we can to dive in a pure tefillah. So he says, at the end of the day, the sweet, beautiful, comforting thing, Hashem, who is referred to as the one that is that's able to look down into the recesses of our hearts. He knows the true truth. That even though a person struggles with distractions and he's not able to focus on the words of tefillah properly, even so, Hashem knows that deep in our hearts, if we had our way, we'd be thinking about Hashem the whole time, from beginning to end, we'd be thinking about the meaning of the, of the words that we're saying. We'd be allowing these words to have an emotional impact on us so that when we start our day, we're not just rattling off liturgy. But each and every Pasuk that we say in Pesukah de Zimra, specifically, but certainly the Brachas of Kriyashima and, and so on, is meant to have an impact on us. It's meant to enable us to start our day saturated with teachings. Tefillah, in a certain way, is, is a teaching. Torah is how Hashem speaks to us. And tefillah is how we speak to Hashem. But our tefillah is Torah, right? Psukim and Tehillim are, are Torah. You can learn Psukim and Tehillim. You can learn Psukim and Zimra. And in a certain sense, there's a portion of our tefillah that is a teaching. So that when we walk out of davening in the morning, we shouldn't have simply davened. We just should have had a Seder Halimud. And some of the most comforting, encouraging, uh, clarity-providing, empowering teachings that we have in our Torah, in the Psukim of Psukim de Zimra, one of which, as we're going to see in two paragraphs, captures this very lesson that we're learning right now, that we say every single day. But Al Kalpanim Hakadosh Baruch Hu looks toward our desire. Because there's no Jew that gets up to Davin in the morning or at any time during the day or at any time during the week or during the month or during his or her life who isn't interested in davening to Hashem with total focus. Otherwise, what's the point? We don't invite the distracting thoughts to provide us some kind of reprieve from the difficulty of davening so then don't come to davening, right? You're there. The person goes with the intentionality of davening to Hashem, of being present in that experience. Our distracting thoughts, we'll deal with them and we'll think about how to best overcome them and we'll deal with practical strategies by Esther Hashem in a few minutes. But a person should know by way of encouragement that number one, there's something crazily, counterintuitively, paradoxically positive about davening in such a way where we're distracted because our tefillah has a far better chance of getting to where it needs to go crazily enough if it's not perfect that's number one and number two HaKadosh Baruch who knows 
where our heart is. There's no makom for chalishas hadas. There's no place for discouragement. We carry on. We move forward with confidence that this too is, is part of the journey. Hashem he continues, and Hashem is boichin lavavais. Hashem is constantly looking down into our hearts. And a lot of times, in a more classical sense, we learn teachings like this, that Hashem is boichin libois adam, it's a pasuk, in, in some kind of negative sense. A person thinks that having all kinds of, of negative, impure thoughts doesn't impact anything and nobody knows about it because it takes place in the recesses of their mind and we say no Hashem knows what you're thinking Hashem is boichin libo sukhlayas can't hide from him and that's the the regular way of understanding this that right that Hashem is looking down into our hearts but Rabbi Nachman says well but yeah that's true for the negative things we think about but it's even truer because mida toiva is meruba mida paranias a good measure is always greater it's even truer that Hashem is looking beyond all the layers of external blockages to perceive the essence, to perceive the goodness, to perceive our intention. So Hashem is Baruch Boichin Lavavais. HaKadosh Baruch who penetrates deep, deep into the core of our heart. And Hashem takes note of our kavana, our intention in coming to daven. And our deep desire to daven with kavana. And Hashem receives that prayer with love. Even though it, it, it may have attached to it all kinds of, of, of different kinds of thoughts and, 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 and half-baked intentionality and distracted utterances. Because deep inside, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees that this person's ratzon and kavana was tov, was good. And with this, Rabbi Nachman teaches us the deeper meaning of this pasuk that we daven every morning but can now become a teaching that reinforces the experience of davening to give us a little bit of yishav hadas and a little bit of comfort when we deal with distractions in our tefillah. We say every morning, We say it in the paragraph of Yehichavayr, after Mizmul Asayda and before Ashrei. What does it mean on a simple level? Many are the thoughts in the heart of man. But the plan of Hashem will be the one that remains. That's going to be the one that makes it in the end. Now, again, on a simple level, this means to come at a person from a place of, of Musr, to say, even though you have so many different plans, that you think you need this, and you think you want that, and you think that you're going to do this, ishtadlis, and you, you have rabbis machshavis, at the end of the day, you should know the va'atzas Hashem Yisachim. The, the only thing that's going to happen is that which is aligned with Hashem's master plan. And we're all puppets, and Hashem is pulling the strings. That's what it means on a simple level. Rabbi Nachman turns the teaching around. Hainu, the meaning of this teaching is, is that a Jew gets up to Davin, and we all know right away we're, we're attacked by all these different kinds of thoughts that come into our heart and into our mind, different concerns and different things we're worried about. Certainly in the Tefillah of Shachris, which is right in the beginning of a new day, there are so many things to think about, so many things to, to plan, so many things to worry about. And so the Rebbe says, Rabbis Machshavas Belev Ish is referring to davening when we have all these different distracting thoughts. Ki That's when all these thoughts come to us. But the Rebbe says, don't be discouraged by that. Don't feel that your tefillah is worthless. Don't feel that the whole tefillah has been ruined because you're halfway through Shemana Esrei and, and you're not even sure what bracha you're up to anymore. No. Because look at the next four words in that Pasuk. Even though Rabbis Machshava is Belev Ish, a Jew needs to know, Atzas Hashem, Hisakum. 
This is a reference to the internality of the person's intention, what you really want, why you came to davening, your best effort, what you're trying to do in saying these particular words at this particular time. To connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, tefillah milashin, tefillin, is to bind, to open a channel before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to move ourselves into the consciousness of realizing that we don't control our lives and that we need to move into the space of recognizing that we rely on Hashem for what we have. We're building a relationship with Him. We're becoming conscious of Him, aware of Him. He says, This, that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is able to look deep into our hearts and He's able to discern the deep will that we have to daven with, with, with total focus and kavana. This is what's referred to in the Pasuk by these two glorious words, Atzas Hashem, meaning our intention of connecting to Hashem. That deep inside, that's all we want because that's why we came to davening in the first place. We want to connect to Hashem. We want to build a deeper relationship with Him. The Pasuk is telling us, Shlomo Melech is telling us, Zen This is what will remain at the end. That's what will remain. At the end of tefillah, even if we look back and we say, wow, I was so distracted. There's so many different things that I was thinking about. Well, I should have just been thinking about what these words mean. That I was thinking about last night's ball game and I was thinking about the meeting that I'm having later and I was thinking about the guy next to me and I, I was distracted. Rest assured that HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks beyond that. And there's a place within you that's called Atzas Hashem, that wants to get close to Hashem, and says the Rebbe, He suckle. That's what will remain. And the tefillah goes up, enclosed in all these different thoughts, not that we invite them on purpose, but it just happens, that's the human experience. And there's benefit in that also, because it goes under the radar, and it goes over the obstacles, and it travels directly to the Kisei covered where it's embraced by HaKadosh Baruch Hu in great love. Al-Kain therefore says the Rebbe, Don't become discouraged by this. Don't focus on it. Don't try to grapple with it. Don't beat yourself up for it. Just, just carry on davening. It, it's a part of tefillah. There's a plan of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this experience too. Not to get caught up on it. And that's Sicha Ayin Beis. So I want to focus just before we see the Tanya, this Lashon that Rabbi Nachman uses, let's, let's read again the first line. That a person shouldn't focus at all on any extraneous thoughts or ulterior motives or confusing ideas that enter into our hearts and minds during Tefillah. Rather, do what really literal, literally means do what is yours which we translate it as do what you can. You do what's on your plate to do, what is within the realm of your control. Carry on davening with simplicity and with joy and with clarity and with yishavadas, with peace of mind. Let's take a look at the Balatanya. The Eliga Balatanya in Lekut Amarim, Perakhaf Ches, a very famous chapter from Tanya, where the Balatanya says the following. This is basically the whole chapter. I cut out just a little bit where he goes on a bit of a tangent, but it's, it's pretty much the whole parak. And the Tanya says like this, Even if a person is accosted by lowly thoughts, by immoral thoughts, and that happened, that could happen. Ushar Machshavizar is different distracting ideas, foreign thoughts, like we said, essentially foreign because they don't align with our true essence of Kedusha. During Avoida, whatever kind of mitzvah it may be, or Taira, or learning, or Tefillah, which is our topic, davening Bekavana, when we're trying to focus. Al Yashis Leiv Alehem, says the Baal Tanya. Same thing that Rabbi Nachman says, don't focus on them. Al Yasiach Daitemehem Karega. Immediately, just don't try to grapple with it. Just carry on. Focus on the tefillah 
<laughs> and don't think about the fact that you're thinking about something else because then you're still thinking about something else as the Balatanya will say just keep on davening and this is the main thing that the Talmud Abal Shemtev came to the world to rescue us from this endemic perpetual natural state that exists within the Jewish heart of discouragement of, of guilt of of, of beating ourselves up. And the Baal Shem wanted to free us from that legamri by bringing it to our attention that more often than not, that is in fact the strategy of the Sahara to get us to, to give up, to get us to become despondent, to get us to become so discouraged that we just we, we lose taste in Avodah Hashem because it makes us feel miserable. That's what the Yitzhahara wants to make us feel miserable. The Yitzhahara wants to give us chizuk. The Yitzhar Tov wants to encourage us. And the Yitzhar Tov is speaking through the mouths and the pens of, of, of the tzaddikim here. And telling us, Al yipo liba bekirba, don't become discouraged mizeh, atsev lias mizeh, atsev nibzeh has to become despicably hopeless. That's what it means, atsev nibzeh. To become depressed in such a way that is nibzeh. It's, it's not the way that Hashem wants us to be. Bishas While we're davening, famously, the Arizal says we should daven with great joy. Because tefillah and limana Torah and mitzvahs need to be in a state of in a state of great happiness and joy. He says, rather, on the contrary, a Jew should take greater encouragement when we encounter such a roadblock. You use that as a, as a launch pad. You skip merrily along. And you say, thank you, Hashem, that I'm a human being. And despite the fact that I have so many different things going on in my life, and despite the fact that I'm dealing with so many internal voices that seek to pull me away from you, I'm still davening. What a privilege to be a human. What a privilege that you didn't create me an angel. You created me even higher than an angel. It's called a human being. And the fact that during tefillah, I get a taste of my humanity, that I deal with all these distracting thoughts, that's a plus, that's not a minus. What a, what a privilege to be able to stand amidst the filth and to, and to, and to say, like we said, what a privilege. And that should give us greater encouragement, greater simcha. The sumay alibai that a person should think and focus in his heart that that this distracting thought comes from the Sahara, comes from the place that's devoid of, of God, in the left ventricle of the heart, in a place where Hashem's presence is hidden, and it wants to drag us into that place. And that he's having some kind of battle now. With the Eight Sahara in his state as a Bainani, without getting into the Balatanya's description of our definition of Bainani, which is the, the, the subject of Tanya. But we're in this Milchama, in this battle, and we're fighting it out, and that's why Hashem sent us to this world to grapple with that reality inside of us and to bring the light of Hashem into that place. What a privilege. What a privilege. We don't become discouraged by that. That's why we're here. On the contrary, we become encouraged by that. That gives us a greater sense of purpose, a greater sense of meaning. The noida and its known says the Yachad. Everybody knows that this is how it goes in a wrestling match, because that's what life is. It's a wrestling match. Kisha Echad Mizgaber, when one side gets a little bit stronger. You see this if you ever saw like an arm wrestle or ever had an arm wrestle. When one person really puts on the, the, the energy, so the other person naturally responds in kind to try to push back with that level of strength. He says, and that's why we experience distracting thoughts and maybe even impure thoughts and lowly thoughts during tefillah, crazily enough, even more intensely than we might deal with with those feelings during the rest of the day. And it seems so wild. I'm saying, I'm coming to daven, I'm coming to learn. Now is when I have all these machshavas, says the Balatanya. Of course. It's so logical. This is when the nefesh alokis, which we could call the Yetzir Tov, is putting his foot on the gas. He's trying to move forward. So of course this is where the Yitzhahar is going to push back. This is the place of the battle. 
This is why we're in this world. This is what Hashem loves. So therefore, Kishanefesh Alekis, Misametzes Umiskaberis Lehispalel, when the Yetzer Tov compels the person into tefillah, trying to dabble with kavana, trying to be conscious of the meaning of the words, trying to be conscious of Hashem's presence in this moment that we're trying to connect to Him. So, as I gama klipam is gaberes kenegda. It's very simple. The Yitzhahar is going to stand up and push back. That's to be expected. Levalbala to confuse us, and to push us into, into, into thinking different different thoughts. So here he says such a strong thing. And this is not like, meaning it's contrary to the mistake that is made by most people. By the world. They want to make the mistake. To prove. From the fact that they were just distracted. Must be, my tefillah is worthless. I, I can't even focus for five minutes, really. And the rest of the day, it's one thing, but I come to Davin, and it really, I mean, and we start to beat ourselves up and say, oh, my tefillah is not worth anything. Because because they think to themselves, if I was really Davening properly, I wouldn't have any distracting thoughts. So from this that you see that I'm so distracted, it should be clear to me and, and, and to you and to anybody else that they're talking to that I must not be davening all that well. Says the Balatanya, listen so carefully to these words, and I hope that I can too. He said they would be right. If there was only one identity that they had within their inner world. If they were a unified being and all that existed was the Yetzir Tov, so then it's not davening all that well because it comes to daven and it's distracted and it's having all these different distracting thoughts while it's trying to daven. So it, it, it's not davening because half the time it's thinking about the baseball game. They would be right that this is proof that a person is not davening well. They would be right. He hamispaleles because that soul would be the one davening. The he hamachshavis umar heres hamachshavizares, and that same soul, that same persona, that same identity is the one that, at the very same time that it's davening, it's having distracting thoughts. So that means that it's 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 not davening a hundred percent. Maybe its tefillah is not worth all that much. And just focus on how he's using the same terminology as Rabbi Nachman. And going back to Rabbi Nachman over here. It's the same terminology. These two great tzaddikim that loved each other so much. That it's such a close relationship. But the truth is, There are two beings within your inner world. That are in constant battle. Each one is trying to take control. That the person's consciousness should be operating from within its space alone. But all of our essentially holy thoughts, whether it's in learning, whether it's in davening, they come from the real you, from the chelik alokamimal, from the godly soul, from the Yetzir Tov, from the spark of goodness that you are, not that you have, but that you are. The da alma and all the other stuff that we beat ourselves up for because we think that we are failing. He says, That comes from a completely different being within you. That's called the Nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul. We can call it the snake in the Garden of Eden, which, if you'll remember, began as a completely independent being from Adam and Chava, and only after they ate from the Eitz Hadas Toverah, the word Das, meaning not only knowledge of good and evil, but connection between good and evil, the snake becomes internalized. But the Emes Amito, in the truest sense of things, it is forever dis- distinct. It is forever separate 
from our true identity. So, this is the battle that we're having. There are two identities within. And if there was only one identity, then you'd be able to say, my davening is not worth anything. And then you'd start to beat yourself up and maybe you'd be right to do so. I really need to, I need to figure this out because my, my davening is just, it's, it's not at 100%. Because look, I have so many distracting thoughts. And how could it be that I'm, I'm, still, I'm still davening in such a, such a distracted way? But the Balatani says, you know how it actually is, and this is the truth, even though it might be so hard for us to believe this or to feel this because this is not our lived experience. But he says, He says, what it actually is like is a person who's davening with absolute 100% kavana, as he should. And all of a sudden, this comes this wicked heathen, very distant from anything holy, who comes over to you while you're davening the highest Shemona Esri of your life. You're in Ni'ila. Mom is davening like you've never davened before. And all of a sudden, like the, 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 the postman come, comes in, whatever, and he has maybe, like he's holding a, a burger from McDonald's and, and, and he has some like rap music playing from, from like a, a speaker that he's carrying, whatever. It's just like something totally distant from your experience in the Ela, wearing a kittel, fasting 25 hours, your mamish in the highest heavens. And he comes and, and starts talking to you about, about the, the, the halftime show of the Super Bowl. This is what's going on. And he wants to he wants to distract you. So he says, certainly What would your response be? To get upset at yourself? Because you're you're being distracted, so it must be that you're not davening properly? No, 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 no. You're davening properly. You're in you're in at Silos, you're in the highest place. You're in the Ela one time a year. You're 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 a percent in. There is an external force that's trying to drag you off course, and the correct course of action is therefore not to become discouraged or to start to question your motive or to start to question your connectivity with Hashem in that moment. That's not the proper course of action because that's not dealing with the problem because that's not the problem. The correct course of action, he says, is just to ignore him. But lastly, atzmai, and I put in bold this word atzmai, because it's a reference to who is actually doing the davening. The essence of you, atzmai, kecherish sholayishma. Just pretend you're, you're deaf. You're just not going to focus on that right now. This doesn't interest you right now. You understand its place. You understand that Hashem created the world with bechira. You understand why it's there. But you are going to respond to it by not responding to it. And certainly not by turning on yourself. That would be ridiculous. That would be completely worthless. That would be more destructive than corrective. But we need to fulfill the Pasuk that says, Do not respond to the folly of the fool. Because if you do that, then you're just going to become a part of that. You get into a back and forth with him. And once you do that, so you've already lost. Because then he succeeded in getting you to think that there's something wrong with you and that your tefillah is worthless and that you don't know how to daven properly to cause you and me to become discouraged. Once he does that, by obscuring the fact that our tefillah is perfect, our tefillah is pure, to start to beat ourselves up so he's already won. Even though we think that we're trying to battle him by battling ourselves. No, we've lost already. Kach, he says, al yoshiv mu'uma. Do not respond to the distracting thoughts. Now, it's much more difficult to hold on to this perspective when it takes place within our inner world. And it's not uh, uh, externalized in such a way where we could see two different people, right? It's much harder. But this is the battle of life to come to identify with the nefesh elokis and to come to see any thoughts that aren't aligned with its objective as literally being foreign 
external, not me. That's the avoida. So kachal yoshiv mu'uma, don't respond. Don't give any kind of, of rejoinder, don't, don't give any kind of credence, don't give any kind of intention or attention to these distracting thoughts. Because the one who, who, who wrestles with a person that's dirty will also become dirty. Just pretend like you don't, you don't, you don't hear it. As if nothing's happening, carry on davening. This is the way that we are battling with the distracting thoughts. Once we understand the intention of the distracting thoughts at the root, meaning what they're trying to get us to do. Because again, if the distracting thoughts are there to distract us from our tefillah, so then we need to battle them by stopping, focusing on them, trying to clear our mind and getting back to tefillah. But that's not what the distracting thoughts are there to get us to do. The distracting thoughts, crazily enough, are there to get us to become discouraged. They're there to get us to lose respect for our prayer, to start to believe that our tefillah has no value. And therefore the response is just to ignore and to carry on davening with great joy. And with great yish of hadas to know that even though, like we learned from Rabbi Nachman, Rabbis machshav is belev ish, but I know that va'atzas Hashem hisakum. I'm not worried. On the contrary, I could even think these distracting thoughts for giving my tefillas a nice cloak, an invisibility cloak, you know, from Harry Potter, so that they'll go straight up to, to Shemayim. I could even think these these machshav zaris and bow to them, respect them, and carry on. It doesn't doesn't touch me. It does not touch me. It's part of the game. It's part of the game, and I know the rules. So. Not worried. To remove them from one's mind. Gather strength. And carry on praying. Carry on davening. What a strategy, right? What a revelation. So going back to what we learned in, 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 the, in the teaching from Sikha Saran, now we can understand these words a little bit more deeply. Raklasis es shaloi doesn't just mean do what you can and give up the rest and say, listen, that, that's not on my control. I have distracting thoughts. That's cool. I'm not focusing on that. I'm going to carry on davening. No, it's deeper. Raklasis es shaloi. Keep on doing what the real you is engaged in doing, which is tefillah. That's what you are doing. You are not both davening and thinking about the sports game. You are davening. There's some other being that's external to you that's broadcasting to you the scores from last night's Met game. But that's, that's not you. So, says Rabbi Nachman, you keep on davening, and that's called ragiase es shaloi. You keep on doing what you are doing and let those thoughts naturally fade away when they see that they're not making any headway in getting you to lose respect for your davening. They're not making any headway in getting you to give up. They're not making any headway in causing you to lose your simcha. On the contrary, they're encouraging your simcha. They'll stop. They'll go away on their own. Rakiyase es shaloi. Very deep words. Says the Elgareba in Lekutimran Tenyana, Kufchaf Beis, one of the final, final teachings in Lekutimran, the second volume at the very, very end. I believe the last teaching is Kufchaf Hei. It's 125, so it's at the very end. And the Rebbe says over here, Another perspective, when it comes to foreign thoughts that a person has during, during davening. He says it's known. Each thought is like a whole being. And this fits very well with what we just learned from the Tanya in the externalized model of one person davening and one person doing the, the distracting. It, it's a whole person. It's a whole kaima shlema. It's, it's like a whole alter ego. It's, it's, a, it's a whole other person within us. But Amar, so Rabbi Nachman said, and there's Rav Nassim recording, that when a person just continues davening with simplicity, and a person doesn't give any thought to these distracting thoughts. He says, through this, they'll just go away. 
on their own, without us needing to, to, to pay heed to them or to get drawn into the wrestling match with the filthy one, which like the Baal Tanya told us, will end up making us dirty too, even if we emerge victorious. Just don't get into it. Like Yosef at Sadiq, right? Just ran out. right? Didn't get into a back and forth. He just, he just, just ran outside. There was no conversation. Nothing was said. As we see in another place, that we don't need to focus on these thoughts at all. Carry on in our davening, and not to look back, just to, just to focus on the words that we're saying. Through this, they will naturally, automatically go away on their own. Says the Rebbe, as you carry on in your tefillah, from word to word, there's even a Torah on the Kutumran, a very beautiful Torah we may have learned from in the past, Torah Samach Dalid, where the Rebbe talks about what it's like to go from letter to letter in our tefillah. If we should be privileged enough to daven slowly enough, at least some parts of tefillah, to focus not just on the words, but on the letters. Shema Yisrael, letter by letter. And the Rebbe says over there poetically that it's like a person going in a gorgeous garden, picking flower by flower and creating a bouquet and then carrying on and picking more flowers. Each letter is a flower and we bind them together to become words and those words become sentences. It's the most beautiful experience in the world. But as we proceed, as you travel through your tefillah, you're knocking them over. And he uses such extreme imagery here. As you go, you're cutting off this one's hand. And this one, you're knocking off his feet. Just maiming all of these distracting thoughts simply by going. That's his point. Not by battling them, but simply by moving forward. Perish, and what this means is, it's the same way in a war. There's a whole mob, there's a crowd of people, and your intention is not to battle them or fight them off because you can't. They're too numerous. But you just want to get through the crowd. So, when you gather your strength and you're holding swords in either hand, you don't intend to fight them off, you just intend to run through the mob. So when you'll run through this crowd as I just as you go, as you go, you're, you're knocking them over. This one you cut off his hand as you're running through. And this one you chop off his legs while you're running through without even having that intention. You just mean to get through them. Says Rabbi go through your tefillah. Just carry on with great strength. They'll fall by the wayside Mimela, on their own. It's the same thing with davening. When you'll carry on davening in order. And you don't focus on these distracting thoughts. You push them away, they will fall by the wayside. So as I just as you proceed, and they and they they become inconsequential. They become cripples caricatures of their former uh, um, um, threatening selves. Like we said, because every foreign thought is a, is a klipa, is an external husk, is a shell that conceals Hashem. As we learned, it's like a whole person, when we don't become discouraged, but we just carry on davening as a hayrig aysam, you can either destroy them entirely, or just maim them to the point that they're not relevant anymore. And, and that's the, uh, the practical advice that's being given to us by Rabbi Nachman and the Balatanya. Let's take a look now at a teaching from the Piyasetz Nareb, the Heilige Chavis HaTalmidim, in the final segment of his Sefer, which is called Sivuyim Vaz Haris. It's just a collection of, of random bits of beautiful advice. And toward the end of that section, the Tzaddik says this, He says, It's very practical. All this is very practical, but this is really practical. And personally, I've used this and I continue to use this. And it works. He says, if it's very difficult for you to focus your intention, your kavana, 
and while you're davening kashel it's hard for you to overcome to overcome all the distracting thoughts and to focus. So he gives a practical piece of advice. As sayar imagine in your imagination, which by the Pesetzin Rebbe was a very big deal, right? The power of dimyon of imagination. And literally bring this into your realm of, of experience, mentally. If this is a word, imaginationally, right? In your imagination. It's very similar to what Ibn Nachman just said. Imagine that there's a tremendous crowd of people, and they're all crowding around the place where God is, so to speak. And you need to just push through the crowd. This should be the imagery. So in Rabbi Nachman, it's a little bit more violent. Right? He talks about like a violent mob and you're running with swords. The Piyasetzin Rebbe just says, no, it's just a crowd of very fine people. It's, it's chasidim by a tish, you know. And you just got to push through them. You got to push through them. See, so he says, v'gam b'poyol mamish. Even actually, meaning physically, make with your body like you're like you're pushing. Sometimes you can see in tefillah different people making bodily movements. So he says, "What's going on?" Think about that. He says, "If it's connected to this vision, you can literally feel mamish." And today with with VR, right? All these people playing video games and they're they're plugged in, so it's you could it's easier to imagine this, right? So imagine like you have a VR set on. And you, you, in the VR set, it's a ton of people, and you're just trying to push through them, make moves with your body, like you're trying to get through this crowd. your limbs and your and your 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 vein, your your you know your muscles. Afas panecha, afas He says, like even you, you can scrunch up your face, like whatever it would feel like physically to push through a crowd. That's what you got to do now. Just push through the crowd. Again, you're not fighting with the crowd members. You're just trying to get through them. Carry on davening. With this vision in mind, you're, you're pushing through the crowd. Derech kulam el Hashem. This is what you should be thinking in your mind. V'chashov. Derech kulam el Hashem. I need to get through this crowd to God. V'chazaka el Hashem. Forcefully, I'm going to God. He says, don't focus too much on the, your, your mind, on the physicality of it. That should be a natural byproduct of your, of your being wrapped up in this vision. Let your body do what it needs to do. Just continue to think, I need to power through this crowd to get to Hashem. Very practically, very viscerally, you will experience Targish. You'll feel his scarvos kavana You'll see. You'll get through the crowd. Ah, you break through on the other side, and, and imagine being in that place. Okay, now I'm back where I need to be. Watch how the machshavos zaris fade away. Baduk umunusa. I could tell you personally, this is tried and tested. Tried and tested. It's a very different approach, especially when it's built on the theological framework of Rabbi Nachman and the Balatanya. There's no place for discouragement. You you just have to carry on, keep on davening. And here with the last few minutes of this year, I want to focus our attention on Chaim Aran Tafkuf Tzadi, 590, which may be one of the most important teachings in the entire corpus of Kisvei Breslev. And I say this, mamish belief shalim. Again, it's just my subjective feeling, but in my life, this teaching is major, 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 major. This little paragraph here. And let's read it carefully together and, and learn it together with the last few minutes of this year. All with Hashem's help, b'siyat Shmaya, and with great gratitude for for all of you for joining me on this journey, on this uh, this class trip with our Rebbe, Rabbi Nachman. Says Reb Nassim, Pam achas ish echad of zal. Listen to every word here. It's radical. It's, it's radical as they come. It's so different. It's so beautiful. It's so Rabbi Nachman. 
He says, one time a person came to Rabbi Nachman and he was complaining. It's so hard for me to daven, he said. I have so many distractions. It's so hard for me to focus. He was having such a difficult time, such a challenging time, as we're going to see, such a painful time. Wanting to daven, right? with having a good intention, and he just and he can't do it because the mashavizars are attacking him, distracting thoughts, lowly thoughts, immoral thoughts, sinful thoughts. Rabbi Nachman answered him again. I put it in bold, just trying to focus us in on the really important parts. Rabbi Nachman answered him. He said, no, it should be a kapara for you. In Yiddish, Take this, it should be a kapara. And listen to these two all-important words. And then Rabbi Nachman laughed a little bit. This is something else. You see how radical this is, right? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm having a sinful thought. And I should, and this is a kapara for me? Like, I need a kapara for the thoughts that I'm having. What are you telling me? So, Zaina kapara. Why is Rabbi Nachman laughing? Because there's something strangely humorous about this the dissonance between what we normally think and what Rabbi Nachman is suggesting here is so vast that it, it, it's, it's incongruent, it produces laughter. The chiech says. And Rabbi Nassim explains, but well, this will end the shir for today. What did Rabbi Nachman mean? You would think that on paper, this guy who's having all these terrible thoughts needs to do tshuva for those thoughts. They themselves are sinful. They themselves are problematic. And that's why Rabbi Nachman laughed. Because because Rabbi Nachman knew exactly what he was saying. And he knew how radical this was. And he knew how fresh this was. And he knew how life-saving this perspective is. Because with this approach, that a person refuses to judge HaKadosh Baruch Hu's master plan, and a person knows with absolute certainty that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to bring me close to Him, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu only wants my tefillah, that's what He wants. As a result of other sins, and other experiences, is So these machshavos are preventing me from doing what I really want to do. And here's the kicker. Here's the here's the main point. And it bothers this person. It's against what this person wants. And the point here is that we should apply this much more broadly, not just in tefillah with distracting thoughts across the board. All of us struggle with certain things in Yiddishkeit. And the struggle is not simply that we struggle with it, and it's a struggle because it's hard for us. We struggle with the struggle, meaning it's so painful that we can't seem to get past certain things, and we can't seem to overcome certain challenges, and we can't seem to move from level to level, and we cry over this. And this itself is Yisurim. This itself is painful. And the person's doing whatever they can to get out of it. And each tefillah, again, using this as an example, again, more distracting thoughts, more distracting thoughts. And he comes to the Rebbe crying. And the Rebbe says, wow, you think, I give out, you're going to need to do tshuva for these sins? No. These sins are the tshuva for previous sins. This is a kapara, this experience of the pain that you're experiencing. Because you're doing what you can. And a Kodesh Baruch Hu is Yiboichin Libay Suklayos. And Rabbis Machshav is Blav Ish, but Ba'atzas Hashem Hisakum. And Rabbi Nachman laughs. The laughter of Atishak Liyoyim Acherin. Because this is the laughter that brings us to the finish line. This is the laughter that echoes within the air and the atmosphere of the final generation. Liyoyim Acherin, who just doesn't know what to do with themselves anymore because the Bikush for Kedusha is so incredibly powerful, but the obstacles that we face are so dramatic. 
and we are pained over this. And the Rebbe laughs, and the Rebbe says, this itself is a kapara. Sometimes our sins are themselves a kapara for our sins. Crazy thing. So the Rebbe is telling him, if you'll start, and it's, it's so counterintuitive. And by the way, this also speaks to what we've learned in the past two shiurim on the Indian of Shemir Sabris. It's a very, very similar construct. If you remember what we spoke about shame and guilt, right? As the catalyst for sin, not the proper response for sin. Like we learned things are born out of a place of shame. That, that's not what's going to get us out of the cycle because that's where things started, right? It's the same construct. Crazily enough, says the Rebbe, the first thing you need to start with is acceptance, is yishav hadas, is believing in your worth, is believing that that's what you start with, that you're okay, and that you're kadash vitar. That's what you begin with. And if you'll go with that simplicity, <laughs> and you'll walk step after step to try as best as you can to do the right thing. So through this and having this struggle and, and feeling this pain of the inability to get past certain obstacles despite your best efforts, through this, you'll have your kapara and the blockages will go away. And then you'll be able to you'll be able to achieve your goal. If you'll be able to walk with Emuna in this place also. To recognize that Kodesh Baruch Hu's master plan is not just in the Indian of Gashmias, it's also in the Indian of Ruchnias. Everything is planned out, and the pain that we feel is oila to a cheshbin. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a plan for us, and the challenges and the difficulties that we face and the pain that we feel is holy. And it itself is healing us, crazily enough, counterintuitively enough. We got to do what we can do, but to proceed with emuna, to proceed with yishavadas, to proceed with simcha, it's part of a process. The logic of which we can deal with only by laughing at it, laughing at the absurdity of it, laughing at so many years that we totally missed the boat on this and made the problem so much worse by beating ourselves up for being beaten up and thus making the problem worse because everything is born in that place of shame. Okay, ain't Shama Rabbi Tzainu Zalek, the Gemara and Brachas, that we'd be wise to remember tells us, a person who does an Avera and he feels pain over this, that's it, that's all you needed to do. It's erased. It's erased. Because the Averis are there to keep us alive, to keep us feeling, to keep us caring, to keep us in the arena, to keep us perceptive of this, that there are greater levels to reach. There is no objective standard. There is a subjective journey that each and every one of us have. And that's our story. We say, don't let me give up hope. Let me live. And let my story continue. Because my story, Rebani Shalom, is my sekha. It's your story. It's a story that you're telling through me. And it's my privilege and our privilege, if we can, to connect to tzaddikim who communicated counterintuitive messages of health, of compassion, of hope, to give us pause for perspective, to enable us to break free in ways that we thought we needed to go in the opposite direction to break free, but in fact, we're entrenching us further and further into cycles of delusion, of koyach ad-dimyin. But the Rebbe gives us clarity and says, no, 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 just trust me, trust me. Follow me, said the Rebbe. Take my hand and I'll walk you on a new path that's really a very old path, like the Rebbe said, the path that all of our Avis HaKadoshim walked. Chever, we should be zeichet to take this teaching to heart. And you see what I meant in the beginning. This is not a, a sheer just about tefillah or distracting thoughts during tefillah. It's really, in a certain sense, a master class on approaching challenge in spiritual effort. Challenge. Saras, right? On, 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 on the houses that we learned from the Piyasetz Nareba, we gave Shiraman, right? That, that reveal a treasure behind the wall, but there, there's still some impurity there and grappling with that. Like, I know there's a treasure, but does it have to come through impurity? 
trusting a process, doing what you can, keep on davening, meaning keep on walking, keep on doing what you can do, pay no heed to what the other inside of you is saying or making you feel that's his business, that's his baggage, like I said on the podcast, that that's someone else's stuff. Hold on to your innate worth. This is what Yiddishkeit's all about. This is what the struggle is, to maintain the conscious perspective that we don't have a soul, we are a soul, that we don't have a chilek kamimal, we are a chilek kamimal, and the purpose of life is it's to struggle to maintain that awareness. And it's to do everything we can to reveal that amidst emuna, simcha, yishavadas, and bitachem. With Hashem's help, we should be zechet to apply this and, uh, and have strong tefillahs. Strong tefillahs. Filled with, uh, with kavana. Va'atzas Hashem hisakam.